So joining us for today's Network Collective Community Spotlight is Terry Slattery. Terry has had an incredibly distinguished career in networking and is well known for his contributions to the Cisco CLI, uh, being the second person and the first non-Cisco employee to obtain the CCIE, providing consultation to many, many organizations, and the list goes on. Uh, if we're going to sum it up, uh, if it's happened in networking, there's a very good chance that Terry has some experience in it. So um, in addition to that, Terry regularly contributes to his knowledge and experience the industry through writing and speaking and participating on podcasts, just like this one. Uh, so settle in, because just after the break, we're going to get to hear how it all started and how Terry has navigated a very successful career in networking. So Terry, it is always a privilege to have you on the show. Uh, thanks for taking the time to join us today. You're welcome. Glad to be here. All right. So I, I need to know, like, how is it that you ended up here uh, in networking of all things? I can't imagine that when you started, that this was even a viable path or something that was like an end goal. So tell us how you, how you, got, how you got here. <laughs> how did it happen? Where did you start? All right. So I've always been interested in technology of some sort. So even in high school, I was interested in electronics and uh, then uh, went on and got a double E degree at Vanderbilt University um, and then went to work at the U.S. Naval Academy. Actually started work at, at Westinghouse. And um, one of the, the interesting things there was was uh, accomplishing a project within four years of, of starting there where I actually uh, started and led a project. Um, and, and let it to fruition within budget and within time. So well, that's an oddity. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, but then I moved over to the U.S. Naval Academy and, and kind of did a bunch of things there, computer graphics and, and uh, taking care of some computer systems there. Uh, the first computer systems were PDP-11 uh, running RT-11, which is real-time operating system. I'm nodding uh, my head like like, like you know what I, it is? Like, no, no, no. I know what it is, but I know it historically. I don't have any experience, right? But <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so anyway, uh, RT11 is a very crude operating system. Uh, um, so one of the things that the group there had started doing was taking a look at Unix. And we had one of the, the first um, V7 tapes that was produced. And so we started reading that in, it was PDP-11 based, so we could put it on our computers and started playing with it. So um, not being one to, to shy away from doing some interesting work like that, one of the first things we needed to do was to modify the TTY driver. So instead of, of going in and writing some C programming, it was like, okay, let's go start all the way at the bottom here and figure out how to, to modify the C code and the assembly code and the TTY driver um, to implement some additional functionality. So um, that was kind of jumping off into the pool, the Unix pool in the deep end, so to speak. Um, can imagine. So um, anyway, things progressed and there was this thing called Ethernet. And this, this was in the early 1980s now. So um, this, this fun thing, Ethernet, and it turns out that we were able to, to get some Ethernet cards that would work. And so put them in the PDP-11s. And there turns out that the Naval Academy was pre-wired for back in the day when there was going to be one computer on campus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so the data collection um, areas, the, the scientific labs, were all wired with coax that went back to this computer room. And so we're going to have the computer there 
and that computer was going to be the one that did all the data collection um, and, and analysis. So even though it was 75 ohm cable, okay, so the regular Ethernet cable, the, the big thick gold cable is 50 ohms. So even though it's 75 ohms, like, okay, so there's some reflections, but maybe the cable will work. Put a couple of computers on it, and lo and behold, it did work. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, learned Unix and networking by reading documentation, anything I could get a hold of. In those days, the only documentation for networking existed were the requests for comments. Sure. The RFCs. There were no books, um, none at all, okay, by anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and so I managed to uh, get in touch with some folks up at the Aberdeen Proving Grounds Ballistic Research Lab. One of those was a fellow by the name of Mike Moose. And I don't know if, if um, you recognize the name, but he is the guy who wrote the first version of Ping. Okay. So and it's not a name I did recognize, actually. It's uh, that's a new one to me. Yes. And I happened to be there working with him the night that he wrote it. Now, Mike worked really interesting hours. <laughs> so when I say it was the night, this was an all nighter sort of thing, which he did regularly to get stuff done because nobody bothered him in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I was actually sitting there when he said, OK, we're going to write a, a neat program tonight. <laughs> he, he, had, he had heard about it from somebody else, heard about the concept from somebody else and, and decided he was going to. How does that out. not get included in your long list of accolades that you were. <laughs> oh, because I happened to be in the passenger seat at the time <laughs> that it was done. <laughs> I mean, that's something in and of itself. That is, uh, that's interesting. I, this, I've heard many of your stories, Terry, and I've never heard that one. That one's. I, I don't consider that one a really a big highlight. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when there's when the other when the rest of the list is 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 large enough, that one's not uh that one doesn't come up very often. Well, there's something just being there and observing one of the the really incredible people in in Unix and in networking, um, going and and actually writing the code to, to start with on something like that. That was very very interesting. Um, and so it, it turns out that while I was at the Naval Academy, uh, a number of years went by. So I was there for a total of eight years. And towards the end, I realized that I was not taking control of my career uh, and, and the direction it was going. And they wanted me to, to kind of be around and take care of the computer systems. And I needed to, my career had gone enough. I, I knew enough about networking and I knew enough about Unix that I really needed to move up to the next step. Okay. I needed to make a transition. So I wound up moving to the ballistic research lab, changing jobs. So I went from one government job to another government job, from the Navy to the Army, <laughs> <laughs> um, and worked there for a couple of years and continued to do a bunch of networking stuff. While I was working there, I went to a trade show in Washington, D.C., and saw this little company called Cisco Systems. And at the time, they were a little company. It was a tiny company at the time. It was 20 or so people, I think. It's weird uh, to think of them in those, in those terms, just with today's context, but yes. Right. So um, one of the fellows there at the trade show was this gentleman named Greg Sachs. And so I got to talking with him and we knew each other and we didn't put it together for a couple of years after that. But we finally figured out that when I was working on PDP-11 Unix, he was also working on PDP-11 Unix, but he was at, at SRI in California, and I was at the Naval Academy. So we had both collaborated on this one operating system, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We did talk to each other then, didn't we? <laughs> um, 
So he offered me a job at Cisco, which I refused because I would have had to move to California. So he said, and I said, but I would be interested in consulting. So he said, oh, well, that's interesting. I'll keep that in mind. So that led to some consulting opportunities with him. Uh, so I went to New York. I did some training classes for the U.S. Navy, um, a variety of things. Uh, then Greg asked me to write uh, rewrite the command line interface in the Cisco products. Um, I had worked on a major software project with Mike Moose at DRL. Um, and as a result of that, Greg then felt confident that I could pick up a big project like rewriting the CLI. So that's where having control of the career really makes sense. It's like, okay, doing this project was really important because that was then the stepping stone that allowed me to move over to get this job with Greg because he knew the history that I had worked on. So that makes sense. So that, that's one of the, the life's lessons that we can talk about later. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Greg asked me to rewrite the CLI. So I go off and start studying stuff and pull together a team. And um, it's all covered in another network collective um, podcast. Or, yeah, we did a you know, full length full length podcast on the history of the Cisco CLI. Right. Which and and that was cool. That one is very cool. It's one of our better episodes. We get compliments on that all the time. It is really, really interesting. It does, I mean, the, the the topic by itself doesn't sound like it would be super interesting, but I people watch it and they go, man, that was that was really cool to learn. And I think it just has so much <laughs> influence over even today's networking. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. And that, and that there's just there's just so much history involved in that and the way we do things today. So yeah, go check that out if you haven't yet. Yeah, and the cool thing is Robert Whitmer, who participated on that, um, one of the other main contributors to it, uh, participated in that podcast. Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, you can go take a look at it there. So that actually gave me the background to go get the CCIE. So I happened to be at California at Cisco and heard about this program called, that they called Top Gun. Top Gun, yes. All right. So the movie had just come out. So the movie Top Gun, if you've not seen it, go get a copy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, must, yes. This was this was in 1993, and I said I'd be interested in the program. They said you'd be a good first candidate because I, I knew a bunch of the people there. Uh, now Cisco at that time, this is 93. I'd started working with them in 1990, um, so they'd gone from like 20 employees when I first went out to California and went to see Greg to uh, I guess it was probably a couple of hundred employees at this time. So they've grown tenfold in terms of employee count. Um, and again, I got offer for, you know, would you like to come to work for us? I mean, I have to move to California? Uh, dumb me, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine those stock options might be worth, uh, worth something Ooh, these days. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Um, so anyway, what, what I wound up doing was the, the company that I'd started to go do the consulting work for Cisco was Chesapeake Computer Consultants. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we turned that into a company called Chesapeake. So we kind of rebranded ourselves. We, we kept the same name, Chesapeake Computer Consultants, but we used the name Chesapeake. And that's how we became known. We had a, a bridge logo and stuff like that. Uh, I didn't put on the shirt that has that. That would have been cool. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so anyway, we became a training partner for Cisco and became one of their premier training partners. We did about 30,000 network engineers. That's quite and a few. 
That is really cool. We had people send us letters saying, I just landed myself an X dollar job because of the training that you guys did for me. So that, that was the big contribution. Yeah, the CLI, you know, nerd knobs and stuff like that. That was kind of cool. Um, I think the real benefit is really teaching a bunch of network engineers how Cisco stuff worked. Yeah, I can, I can see that for yeah. sure. So I felt real good about that one. So left there in 2000. Um, at some point, you, you have to, another thing for managing your career is understand when it's time to move on. Yeah, I think, I think that there's a, there definitely is, is something there. And like you said, we're going to do a, a lessons learned episode on managing a career. We'll probably talk about this in more detail, but I just, I think that, I think that even a good thing can become stifling at some point for you in your career journey. Like it's not that right. it's not that a place necessarily is bad. It's just that you, you have exhausted all the value you can provide them and they've exhausted all the value they can provide you. And it's time to go figure something else well, out. What you have to watch out for is where there's still plenty of value you can provide to them, but they're not providing any to you. Yeah. That, that gets to be a, uh, that gets to be a problem for sure. Right. And, and if it's just for money, that's probably not a compelling enough. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a barrier, right? There's a point at which money is the primary driver, but eventually that flips over to, right. to being a you know a must-have component. But there are other more important components right. in your career, absolutely. Exactly. So anyway, I, I left Chesapeake and went off and did my own thing for a little while, which included taking some time off and trying retirement, and it didn't stick. No. No. Not good at retiring. <laughs> yeah, all, all this thing about retiring at at whatever the age is, pick an age. All right, I'm going to retire at X. Um, it didn't work for me. <laughs> I, I wanted to go work with short people again. Okay. That was the real motivation, real compelling thing. At Chesapeake, we had some of the, the premier people in the industry, Pete Walter, Marty Adkins, uh, David Eurasius, um, Carawana Reese, no. all of those folks, um, were at Chesapeake, um, really compelling group of people. So, Anyway, what I did was I founded Netcordia and did some consulting work and then uh, decided to turn it into a network management company. And we invented a product called NetMRI. Yeah. It does an MRI of your network. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds and, like you've given this pitch a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's a good elevator pitch. Um, so, and in fact... Infoblocks acquired the company and still has that product. You so, see, that's something else I didn't know. I didn't know that Infoblocks acquired. Yes. Right. And that was, a, they got wrapped in, huh? Right. Yep. Nice. So it's, it's now an Infobox product. Okay. So I left there uh, 2008. So okay. that was an eight-year run. Okay. So Chesapeake was a 10-year run. Netcordia was an eight-year run. I'm now... Um, 11 years at NetCraftsman. So I'm um, senior architect or principal architect or consultant, depending on what you want to call me. <laughs> One of those sorts of things at, at uh, NetCraftsman. And I do special projects. I do a lot of writing. I do these podcasts, as, as we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, so I blog at nojitter.com. So if people are, are wanting to follow me, you have to go to nojitter.com, which is an enterprise connect website and i do a bunch of stuff there uh it's fairly technical uh, a lot of the stuff that i find there is higher level um made more for managers whereas mine's more for 
okay, so you want to do X, here's how it works, sort of thing. Uh, I also blog at Tech Target, where I, I do educational articles about different things. So I'm doing one right now on 5G. I'm doing a couple on, on 5G networking, like network slicing and edge computing. So those are uh, examples. So I also blog for some other companies. Um, that tends to be less frequent. Sure. So, I'm still interested in network management. A number of the projects that I do are network management. Uh, I'm also very interested in network automation. Um, I thought the SDN thing was really going to take off. Um, it's taken a different tack than I think is probably useful to the industry, but I understand how we got here. Well, that's interesting. That's probably worth something exploring in another uh, in another conversation. Another day. <laughs> another day, because I imagine that could be quite a quite a deep rabbit hole. Uh, I imagine that automation and uh, and network management monitoring um, they have a lot of similar characteristics. I think automation is is that plus right, like it's right. taking some of those same core comp, uh, components and improving and and expanding them. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think the key thing there, um, my take is that every time I get involved in a network, I get frustrated looking at one box at a time. Uh, network I management and automation both scratch that itch, if you will, <laughs> of how do I use tools to look at the entire network and control the entire network? Right. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, so it's it's interesting. It's a conversation we have often um, at Network Collective, sometimes in the Slack, sometimes on shows, but the idea of, you know, uh, when, you, when you run as an operator, automation and orchestration does one thing for you, but coming in as a consultant, like I have different goals, right? Like I want to be able to get a picture of your network very quickly. I want to be able to pull in a lot of information. And right now that's a really hard thing to do. Right. Steps in the right direction, but yeah, it's not, it's not just a given like walking to be able to do that anywhere. Yeah. Now, one of the things that we do uh, that I do anyway, very frequently, uh, commonly either with Carol Warner Reese or Pete Welcher is we do network assessments. And we do exactly what you just said, okay? So we get a call, I have a network, it's not working well, or I, I need somebody, I need a third opinion, right. I need an outside opinion on how well my network is running. Uh, we'll go in, instrument the network, collect a bunch of data and write up a report on, here's your network, here's, here, what was it? Here's your brain on drugs. <laughs> you know, that, old, that old thing. <laughs> it's it's similar to right channels. Yes. Frying pans and eggs. Yes. Here's your network the way it's been running concurrently. Running currently, so. Right. All right, Terry. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Um, it definitely is. Um, it's an interesting one because you've kind of touched a lot of things that have impacted a lot of networkers. Um, me not being in the in this industry nearly as long as you have, there's many of the things that you've worked on that then I've worked on just as a consequence of being there. So and, uh, I know there's it's often I come across uh, your material because I think that uh, a lot of your material, like you said, it, it's not about the nitty gritty of like you know here's the bits and bytes necessarily, but it's this is how this thing works, like, and this is and this is where you want to use it, and I think that's a, a really really valuable type content. Right. So. Um, it's awesome getting to opportunity to just kind of hear the backstory and some of the other things. I know that um, we've had opportunities at other events to talk about it. There, you've got a million stories that are fantastic that I wish we could. Uh, <laughs> I wish we could extract them all, and maybe over time we will. But uh, it was uh, it was great talking with you for uh, all who are watching and listening. 
Um, this is actually our third of our um, community spotlight shows. We just released one with Kevin Myers. We've done with Nick Russo before. It's a great new series where we're getting to highlight people who are uh, either making or have made contributions in the industry. And, uh, and I think that Terry and I are going to sit down and talk about a few, uh, a few lessons learned. Uh, so we'll see some more of those coming out too. Uh, if you like this, there's a lot more like it at thenetworkcollective.com. We've got our community roundtable episodes and, and a bunch of other content there. It's definitely worth checking out. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at NetCollectiveBC or find us on LinkedIn or Facebook. We'd love to chat with you. So uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.